Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Let's read from Matthew 3, 16 through 17. And we're going to also skip over to Luke 4, 1 through 13. And lastly, we're going to go to Hebrews 2, 17. Listen, we are reading a lot of scripture today. And I am not sorry about that, all right? We are, we, this is what we're here for. We are here to learn from the word of God. So if you are ready, I want you to say amen. Come on now. See, I love that. My, my, my crew that's in the studio with me today, I'm going to need y'all to preach with me. You hear me? I'm talking to y'all right now. Listen, we, we've been online for so long, you know, you kind of forget uh, other, what feedback sounds like, right? Yeah, I miss that. So today we're going to do things a little bit differently. I need to hear all the smoke. I want to hear it all. All right, y'all preach with me. Let's go. Matthew 3, 16 to 17. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I love, with whom, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Luke 4, 1 through 13. Now Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, say that with me, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wild. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when the time came, and when the time was up, he was heavy, hungry, sorry, geez. Verse 3, the devil playing on his hunger gave the first test. Since you're God's son, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy, it takes more than bread to really live. For the second test, he led him up and spread out all the kingdoms of, of the earth on display at once. Then the devil said, they're yours in all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them all and can turn them over to whomever I wish. Worship me and they're yours. The whole works. Verse 8, Jesus refused again, backing his refusal with Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only the Lord your God. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. Amen. For the third test, the devil took him to Jerusalem and put him on top of the temple. He said, if you are God's son, jump. It is written, isn't it, that he has placed you in the care of angels to protect you. They will catch you. You won't so much as stub your toe on a stone. Yes, Jesus said. It is also written, don't you dare tempt the Lord your God. That completed the testing. The devil retreated temporarily lying in wait for another opportunity. That's a good thing to underline. Lying in wait for another opportunity. And lastly, let's go to Hebrews 2.17. I told y'all we read in the Bible today. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. 
in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Amen, amen. So last week, Pastor Terrence shared what I think was a life-changing message about the power of no. Man, if, if you were blessed by that, why don't you give God a shout of praise? I mean, my God. When God says no, he has something bigger than what you had in mind. Amen? God's no is not a denial. It's a direction. My God, mic drop. I could walk away. I think we could do that whole message again if you ask me. But today we are at the baptism. And we've been in this series called Ghost where we are talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and all the reasons why and all the applications why we need him in our life. And today we're at the baptism and temptation of Jesus. That's probably one of the most um, iconic moments and um, events, set of events in the entire history of the world. Jesus is at the Jordan River and he's about to get baptized and uh, God the Father expresses his unfailing love for his son. Right after this glorious baptism experience, he is led into the wilderness. I, I don't know about you, but I find that very interesting. I find it interesting that Jesus goes from the Jordan to the desert. You see, a river represents a place of uh, prosperity, um, a place of, of, of fullness. It's a gathering place, a, a place of assembly, of cheerfulness. And then you get taken to the wilderness, and the wilderness is also known as the desert, right? The desert, it's a place of emptiness and dryness and barrenness and solitude and silence, right? The contrast here, I believe, is so, and also the, the sequence, the contrast and the sequence is so profound here, from celebration to trials. I don't know, I mean, this is a bit trivial, but it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you wash your car and the same day you wash your car, it starts to rain. How many of y'all, that, that, that happens to be all the time. Doesn't that seem to be the case? Every time you wash your car, why does it have to rain? I mean, you be feeling yourself with your nice and shiny car with the shiny wheels looking good and everything, and you think you're do doing it, and then boom, it rains. You get humbled real quick, don't you? And again, I know that's trivial in comparison to this uh, iconic set of events that we're talking about here today, but I want to get you in the mind frame to connect you and be aware. I want you to be aware of the secrets of uh, the sequence of events that are happening in the scriptures that we just read. It goes from the cool waters of the Jordan now to the barrenness of the wilderness. From big crowds now to solitude and silence. The spirit rested like a dove. Now the spirit is driving him into the wilderness. The voice of the Father calling him, oh, beloved son. And now you're hearing the hiss of Satan, the tempter, anointed and then attacked. The water of the baptism and now the fire of temptation. The heavens were opened and now it seemed that hell was wide open. A moment, a confirmation, an acknowledgement by God 
is immediately followed by a time of testing in Jesus's life. I think it's important to know that it doesn't matter how great we think we are in the kingdom. It doesn't matter who we are. We will all be tested. See, all of us have taken tests in school, and we are celebrating graduation right now, right? And I remember when I was in school, unlike many kids in school, I used to love taking tests. You're probably like, what? Like, I really did. I love taking tests. And you know why? Because I knew, you know, the tests determine your grade. And actually, I knew how to pass the test. It was so easy to pass the test. You know how? All you had to do to pass the test was pay attention. Because the teacher always give you the answer, would always give you the answer before the test. You ever think about that? Sometimes they even give you the answer during the test. Take, for instance, let's say spelling test, because I loved my spelling test. Not only did the teacher give you the list beforehand, right, for you to study all week long, so, I mean, that was easy, but even during the test, they'd do stuff like they'd emphasize certain letters. For instance, photosynthesis. They would say, photosynthesis, and it's like, well, I guess I wonder what letter that is. It's like, they are always giving you clues even through the test. My teachers would even, some of my teachers would even give me a practice test during the week. I mean, tests were so easy because they were there with you. They pretty much gave you everything that you need to pass the test. You see, the teacher never leaves you to fail. They give you everything you need to pass the test. You see, we don't have to be scared of the tests because the tests are going to come even after grade school. There are many tests in life, so many different tests in life in every season. And there, some, some of us are either going to try and avoid them or we're going to try and allow, we're going to allow the spirit to lead us through the test. Right? Some of us, and I'm going to say this lightly, but some of us aren't getting to where we want to go because we're too scared to take the test. Some of us are too, too, too wrapped up in our fear to allow the spirit to lead us through the test. We keep trying to avoid it. But let me ask you something. What if the very thing that you've been praying for could only be attained by going through the wilderness? The wilderness, that's the test. You don't have to be scared of the test because the teacher is always there with you, giving you the answer. But you got to allow the spirit to lead you, even if you're being led into the wilderness. So I guess the question is, why? Why do we have to go through tests? Why is it that we have to do that? Why does the spirit of God lead us to be tested? I thought that when we're in this, when, we're, when we say yes to Jesus and when we're followers, things are supposed to be easy, right? Things are supposed to be comfortable, right? So, so, so why do we have to go through tests? Well, I think the first thing is that the spirit leads us through tests to strengthen us, to strengthen us. Let's look back at the verse. Now, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, I'm in Luke one through two, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led, say it, led by the Spirit into the wild. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when the time was up, he was hungry. The devil was playing on his hunger. 
and he gave him the first test. Since you're the son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to really live. Amen. See, to be led, you've got to be open to being led. Being led, being led is a choice. See, Jesus didn't have to go into the wilderness. He didn't have to allow the spirit to lead him, but he chose to be in agreement with the spirit to lead him. See, we all have a choice. We can choose to allow God to lead us or we can go our own way without the spirit of God to help us. See, some of us are so secure in our own way and when it fails, we fall apart, don't we? Don't be mad at God because you declined his help because you decided not to follow the spirit. See, too many of us are going into directions that we have no business going into. We haven't even prayed about it, and we don't even uh, consult with God about it. See, I don't know, but sometimes we, 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 we wanna go the easy or, or the familiar way. Maybe we're too scared to follow the spirit because it's taking you to a place you don't wanna go. Maybe, maybe the way that the Spirit has taken us is going to require too much work. Maybe it doesn't look cool from where you're standing, or it's not flashy enough, or, or postable, right? Everybody wants something to post. Maybe it requires a season of anonymity. Ain't nobody going to know you at that time. You're going to be grinding in silence, right? You see everybody in, in, on social media flexing about all the things that they're doing and getting and where they're going, and you want your life to look like that too. But God, what if God has another plan for you? Something new, something different. Man, everything looks the same on social. Everybody's life looks the same, right? Because everybody's trying to be like everybody else. What if God has something new, something different for you, something you didn't even think of? See, I believe that God's way is more than what we can ask or imagine. I think he wants to lead you so you can be strengthened because what he has for you is going to require more strength than you have today to go through for you to be able to carry it, right? What God has for you is bigger and has more weight than anything that you can think of. See, strength, strength is built in in stages and layers, and I think that there is a lesson in every single layer. Everything you go through, the challenges, the trials, all the tests, they build you up for the next season in life. And you cannot bypass the tests, you know, where you're at in, in every single season because each test builds upon the next, and you won't be strong enough for the future thing that God has for you. I love my husband. He's so sweet. Love him so much. Shout out to you, homie. <laughs> and every day, it's so funny, like he goes and he works out. Every day when he comes back from working out, he has to make this big pronouncement, this announcement about the weight that he was able to lift for the day. And obviously, it's always some grandiose number that no one in the world can lift. And he just managed to lift it with his finger. No, he doesn't say that, but he, he just managed to lift that amount of weight. And I love it because every day uh, it gets higher and higher. So what's happening here? As he strengthens himself, he's able to lift even more weight. So every day the weight gets higher and higher. The bar gets set higher and higher 
every single day. See, strength isn't built in just one sweep. It's built layer by layer. And as one layer is built, the next one can grow upon it. Each test that you go through in life represents a layer needed for you to live a strengthened and indestructible life. Let me say that again. Each test in our life represents a layer needed for you to live a strengthened and undestructible life. How many of you guys want an undestructible life? Come on. Could you imagine if Jesus didn't even get to the test of the cross because he couldn't pass the test of the wilderness? My God. In the wilderness season, he developed a level of strength that could only be uh, done in that season. And, and he needed that level of strength to fulfill the purpose that he has in the future, which we all know. I guess what we want to say here is that whatever you're full of, you'll be led by. See, Jesus was full of the Spirit, so he was led by the Spirit. He went into the desert with power to pass the test. The problem is, so many of us are going into the tests of life powerless. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do you think you need it? Come on. What are you filled with? That's a question for you to answer today. I believe each one of the temptations that um, Christ endured attempted to lure Christ into abusing his power and to take immediately what God had prepared for him in the future or prepared for him later, right? Satan played on, in the first test, Satan played on humanity's greatest weakness. See, Satan likes to throw cheap shots. He's not creative. He's so obvious. It's just really is, is sad. So Satan played on humanity's greatest weakness, the need for immediate gratification. He tries to trick Jesus into filling his immediate need for food. See, Jesus hadn't eaten in days, and he was hungry. So, of course, the easy temptation and the obvious temptation me, me, should be to try and trap him with food. So, so of course, uh, Satan tries to, to get him to turn those stones into bread. But see, the, pow the, the, the powerful thought here is that timing is everything. Some of us, see, God had that for him later on. But right now, he was fasting. God needed him in a place of fasting because he was in the test. Some of us, we can't wait on God's timing. So we, so we try to take matters into our own hands, don't we? We allow our pride and fleshly desire to forfeit God's blessing in our life. You know how I know? Man, let's look at the, one of the most obvious examples of that. I think it's sex, right? Some of us just can't wait for God to send us the right mate. So we go and fulfill our desires for some, with somebody that we were never meant to be with. And then we get our feelings all hurt when it doesn't work out, when, we, when, when the whole thing fails and, and the person is off sleeping with the next one. And now we're bringing into the next relationship shame, rejection, guilt, uh, uh, mistrust. We're bringing that into the next relationship. See, see, let me tell you, sex isn't bad. But sex outside of God's timing and plan, that's what's bad. There is a time for everything and in every season for every activity under the heavens. That's Ecclesiastes 
3.1. There is a time for everything. See, the bread wasn't bad, but the bread outside of God's timing was disobedience. God was building up his son for something greater. If Jesus had satisfied the hunger he was feeling, he wouldn't have developed the strength he needed to endure the cross. Imagine forfeiting the cross for a loaf of bread. Jesus needed the type of strength that couldn't be built by anything that could be eaten. The strength he was building and needed was supernatural. See, Jesus gets baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and then led by the Holy Spirit. His spirit was strengthened before his body would be tested. See, the spirit makes us strong enough so that we can overcome the desires of our flesh. The spirit wants to lead us through the test to strengthen us. Amen? Secondly, the spirit leads us through the test to promote. Say it with me. Promote. To promote us. Yes. Verse 5 through 7. For the second test, he was led up and uh, he led him up and spread out all the kingdoms of the earth on display at once. Then the devil said, they're yours in all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them and I can turn them over to whoever I wish. Worship me and they're yours. The whole works. Jesus refused again backing his refusal with Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only the Lord your God. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. See, this temptation was designed to test pleasure, pride, and desire for power. Satan, in a moment, spread out all the kingdom of earth at once. This was a clear strategy for the enemy to try and uh, uh, trap Jesus. And, and I think he does this to us today, doesn't he? In a moment, he tries to overwhelm your senses all at the same time to try and confuse and distract you. He dangles the promise of power and promotion in our faces. And in this case, in Jesus' face, in exchange for his worship. I have a question for us to really consider why was Satan willing to trade the world for his worship, for Jesus' worship? If it was so good, why'd he try to give it up? I believe that this was a direct assault on God. Satan, let's not forget, Satan is on an assignment. He is on an assignment to kill, steal, and destroy, and this was just a clear attack. He knew what it said in Exodus 34, 14. Do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And so this temptation was pure blasphemy. Oh, it was so, so shady, so terrible. The enemy was so desperate because he knew his time was short. And isn't that what desperate people do, right? They'll forfeit and they'll give up everything in haste. They try to rush you into things and they even start to rush to give anything into, you know, get every, give everything away so that they can get what they need, right? Satan knew, I want you to really listen to this. Satan knew that if he kept the world, he would lose it because God's plan would prevail. You see what I'm saying here? Satan, he didn't care about 
you know, giving, he wasn't trying to be nice. He wasn't trying to give Jesus something good by offering him the world. He didn't care about giving Jesus the world. His whole plan was trying to stop God's plan to save us. So in an effort to save himself, he offers Jesus a dying world. And I say a dying world because the world in Satan's hand is dead. You can't accept a gift from a liar and a thief because you know that it's either stolen or cursed. Everything the enemy offers is meant to pervert what God has always already given us. See, God gives us the, the gift of marriage. Satan offers us the curse of adultery. God gives you the gift, uh, the gift of health. Satan offers you the curse of gluttony. God gives you the gift of gratitude. Satan offers the curse of entitlement. God gives you the gift of a future, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But what does Satan do? He tries to offer you the curse of immediate gratification. God gives you the gift of peace. And Satan offers you the curse of worry. God gives you the gift of love. Satan gives you the curse of hate. Nothing the enemy offers is ever good. Satan wants you to forfeit all that has been given to you so he can prevail. Don't you fall for the temptation. Don't fall for his lies. Don't you accept a gift from a liar and a cursed dealer. Come on. The enemy has nothing good to offer. See, too, too many of us are negotiating our lives with death. You are so valuable. And there is a fight, so much so that there is a fight for your life. Stop negotiating with the cursed dealer. Stop entertaining the enemy's empty offers. Nothing the enemy offers is ever good. In his attempt to demote God, Satan was trying to promote himself. But it says in the word in Psalm 75, 6, for promotion cometh neither from the east, nor the west, nor from the south. It is God who judges. He brings one down, he exalts another. Promotion or exaltation comes from God. See, Satan once again tried to twist the word of God. And you see, see how he tried to slip in that whole, uh, I'm in charge of them all. You see, he is in charge of the evil things of the world and everything he has or does is only permitted. See, God permits him to test us the way he does. And maybe you're wondering, well, why? Why does God allow us to, to be tested? Why is God allowing Satan to try us like that? I don't know. The, I, the simple answer really is for us to be strengthened so that we may be promoted to the next level that God wants to take us to. Because the reality is no one ever graduated from anything without a test. Come on. You got to worship God only. Don't entertain any of the offers from the curse dealer. See, God has a bigger plan for you than what you ever imagined for yourself. Do you believe that? Come on. We don't want to sell our destiny short for some temporary gratification. Your life is worth more. You are filled with the gifts and the power from God to do what God has purposed you to do. I need you to hear that. I want to speak life into you. You are worth more than the cheap temptations that the enemy tries to offer you. 
Don't let anyone or anything discourage you from passing the tests of life. You keep speaking life when people curse you. It's just a test. Keep, keep, being, keep being kind to people even when they're not kind to you. It's just a test. Speak life no matter what. Exercise self-control even when it's hard. Love the unlovable. Keep the faith even when you keep getting a no. Everything is just a test. See, a test proves what you have learned. You need to pass the test to get promoted. You don't need to try and promote yourself. God will promote you. Too many of us are trying to promote ourselves. You don't need to promote yourself. God will promote you as soon as you pass the test. But the best part is he doesn't leave you alone to take the test. The spirit is always with you so that you can pass the test. I think that is a good place to give God some praise. Come on. Lastly, the spirit leads us through the test to build trust. Amen. Hebrews 2.17, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become merciful and faithful, high, uh, a merciful and high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. I think one of the most powerful ways to build trust between people is through shared experiences. Have you ever played a sport? Doesn't it seem like the best coaches are the ones who have played before that have experience playing the game? The players just seem to trust the coach that knows how to play because they know that they have been through the test. Since he himself, and we're talking about Jesus, has gone through temptation and suffering, Jesus is able to help us when we are being tested. Jesus knows what it's like to walk in your shoes. We don't need to say things like, oh, nobody knows what I've been through. Oh, oh, nobody can understand my suffering because actually there is somebody who has, and his name is Jesus. See, though there may be no one here on earth, a human person that may know exactly what you're going through, Jesus has. And because of that, he can be there through your times of temptation. He can help you, and you can trust it. See, God allows us to go through tests so we can prove if we can be trusted, but also so that we can build our trust in him. As we go through the test and realize that we're not alone in it, and he is with us every step of the way, we can trust him, and our, that trust becomes built stronger and stronger. See, the truth is, if it can't be tested, it can't be trusted. Let me ask you some question. Would you get in a car that hasn't been tested for a safety rating? Would you walk through a building that hasn't been tested for structural integrity? Would you, I don't know, eat from a restaurant that hasn't been tested for cleanliness? Oh no. Would you want counsel from a lawyer that hasn't been tested by the bar? Would you want treatment from a doctor that hasn't been tested or vaccinated for COVID? Or better yet, would you want to sit in an airplane with a bunch of people that haven't been tested or vaccinated from COVID? So why would you want salvation from someone who hasn't passed the test to save you? See, we can trust Jesus because he has been tested and proven. Amen. You, we can trust the spirit of God to lead us through the wilderness because sometimes the only way to something is through something. See, we can't 
run from the test. We can't try and avoid the test. We need the test because the tests strengthen us. They help us build our trust and they also help us help God to promote us. Amen. James 1, 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whatever you face, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Amen. Man, if you try to skip the test, you go into life powerless. You go into life without the experience and the training that you need to be able to go through it and thrive. See, we don't just want to go through it. We want to thrive. We want to pass with flying colors. We want 100% extra credit. I want all of it. Amen. See, we want to live the abundant life and that's what Jesus offers us. That's why being led by the Spirit offers us a full and abundant life. See, I think that so many of us have forfeited all that God has given us because we've entertained the enemy. We got to stop entertaining the enemy. We have to stop giving him a chance to take away what's ours. See, he can't give you anything. He can't give you anything you don't already have. Your father in heaven has already given you the best of everything. But sometimes he has to say, not right now. Sometimes we're not ready for everything that God has for us. We need to be strengthened and be built so that we can have everything that Father has for us at the right time so that we can enjoy it in all of its fullness. Amen? See, Jesus passed the ultimate test so that you can have a relationship with him and freely enjoy the abundant life. Jesus promised his spirit would be with us always to help us and to get us through the tests of life. But some of us, some of you, are going through life's tests all on your own. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can choose to live a life in Christ and led by the Spirit. But the only way through that or to get that is that you have to accept Jesus in, as your Lord and Savior for you to live that full life we were just talking about. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is through Jesus that we can have that abundant life. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So maybe this is your first time here. Maybe you've been running from the test. Maybe you're just like, I can't do that Jesus stuff. It's too much. Like, but living life without Jesus, that's too much. That's living a life to lose. And so we're offering you, I'm offering you, Jesus is offering you a life with him, a life with the spirit there to help guide and lead you through all the tests of life. So if you want to make that confession, you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it. I don't want to live in sin anymore. I reach to heaven to accept your forgiveness. I want you in my life. I want you to lead me. I trust you with everything. I trust your spirit 
to lead me. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on. Now you already hear the celebration happening up in here. I want you guys that are online watching, whether you're on Facebook, Zoom, on the website, on YouTube, why don't you join me in celebrating the people who have made a decision today. Maybe nobody has celebrated you in your life. Well, today is a celebration for you because the Bible says that when even one, even if it's only one, comes to Jesus, gets to know and says yes, there is a celebration in heaven. Now, we obviously are not in heaven right now, but we're here on earth. So we're going to take a moment to reflect the energy that is in heaven right now. If you are on all of those platforms, I said I want you to you know, uh, press the hearts, press the likes. Maybe you want to put all, all the emojis, use all the emojis in the, in the chat. And we are going to celebrate on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on. Woo! Yes. Come on. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. Let's go. We want the same energy y'all giving for these playoffs for this celebration moment. Come on. Listen. Man, if you made that decision today, the decision to say yes to Jesus and to confess and believe that Jesus is Lord because you are tired of doing this thing alone, I want to congratulate you and say welcome to the family. This is a family. See, Cool Church is a family. If you don't already know, Cool stands for created out of love because you were created out of love. All right, God created, God who is love created you and he created you for family. You are part of this family. You can call yourself family and we're so happy that you're with us. And if you did make that decision, I want you to, maybe if you're if you're on um, the website, there's a button that says, you know, I decided, or I think that it's like a hand raise. If you're on Facebook, say, I made the decision. Wherever you are, just let your hosts know. If you didn't know, already know there are hosts on every one of the platforms that you're watching for, let your hosts know that you made a decision because we want to equip you. We want to connect with you. We ain't gonna stalk you, we don't do that, but we definitely want you to know that there are some next steps that you can take so that you're not doing this alone and to, to, to continue to strengthen your faith. See, this is a journey. Once you say yes, that's the first step, but now you gotta walk in it. And guess what, you don't, get, you don't have to walk in it alone, and that's the best part. So we wanna equip you, we wanna help you, so go ahead and let us know that you made that decision. We also have a gift for you if you let us know um, that maybe you want to scan. If you're watching uh, on a television, you could take your phone and scan the, the code that is on the screen and we will send you a devotional written by our wonderful Pastor Terrence and that's a 30-day devotional book that will help take you day by day and you can pray through it and everything. Amen? Well, before we leave, I just want to pray for everybody else. Maybe um, you made that decision a long time ago, but you know, you're, you're having a little trouble with the leading part, the spirit led part, right? And, and, and you need some power. You feel like you've been, or you didn't realize that you were going through your life powerless. I want you to reach toward the screen. I think all of us probably could, if we're honest, we could answer that, right? And so I'm going to pray for you there. Father God, 
I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus. I pray that they lay down their doubt, that they lay down their insecurities, that they lay down their pride, Lord, their fear, all the things that are holding them back from being led by your spirit, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that today they make the decision to be in agreement with you, in agreement with your spirit so that they may be led by your spirit. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the victory and the testimonies that are in action, that are in motion right now, God. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the tests, Lord, that you uh, are taking us through and the ones that we are going to pass because of you, God. God, I pray that we become more mature, more solid in our faith, Lord, that we don't uh, entertain empty deals, empty offers from the cursed dealer himself. Lord, that we know that everything that we need, everything that we have, we are you've already given to us, God. And we are winners. We are victorious with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us today. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.